Hello, everyone, and welcome back to For the Record. I am one third of FTR, Angel, joined by my lovely sisters, Imani and Sheree. We are nine episodes down and many more to go. This is the season one finale of For the Record. We want to thank all of you for listening and supporting us as always. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate all of our listeners and followers. If you'd like to know more information about us, please keep listening, but also note that you can check us out on our Insta at For the Record Brand and find us on Twitter at FTR Brand to also get the scoop on us. Without further ado, I'll pass it on to Imani to introduce our last episode of the season. Welcome to For the Record, everyone, a podcast for the people and for the culture. I can't believe this season is finally coming to an end. It has been an absolute pleasure sharing with everyone over this journey. And I hope you continue to listen to future podcasts as we are far from done with material. But without further ado, this is episode nine, Black Empowerment, Equality and the Rising Majority. And with that, I'll let Sheree take it away. Hey, everyone, and welcome again. Thank you, Imani and Angel, for introducing episode nine, our last episode of season one. So I'll start off with the first question. What are some ways to gain or reassert your power to others? I feel it can be difficult to assert your power or dominance as a woman at times because personally, stereotypes such as the angry Black woman stereotype can influence how I myself operate in different situations. That being said, I do feel that Black women are seen as being independent and strong-willed in society, and this can be used to our advantage in the workplace or in positions of power by further being authentically ourselves. Even if that means making others uncomfortable, I feel like we should express when things bother us and be open in communicating different difficult topics. And I have caught myself trying to fit myself into a box to salvage the comfort of others. But I feel that we should speak out when you see or experience discrimination or prejudice. And a few things that I'm personally working on to reassert my power is to continue upholding my boundaries and not letting anyone overstep and stop over apologizing and ultimately help with reasserting or gaining power back. This was an interesting question that I really had to think about first. You have to ask, what is power? Like, is it money, assets, having people gravitate towards you or carry weight as far as making big and impactful decisions? Maybe all of those things and even more. But ways to gain power, in my opinion, are to one, collaborate and work with people that can help you achieve goals that you have set forth. And this is me thinking on a larger scale, really, but trying to foster relationships and create networks that have good sustainability. And again, depending on what power is, this could all be based around money, something tangible and or widespread respect and weight when it comes to making a significant impact on society. But then I started to think smaller and on a simple person-to-person scale, and you can gain power in individual situations as well, kind of like what Angel already described. And this is why I think it is a good question, because again, I really had to think what power meant to me. And we see power like on a larger scale, but also on a smaller individual scale as well and how it plays out. But anyways, let's just say that 
you are in a situation with a person that's treated you unfairly or unjust, like a random example, let's just say you're working at a company and somehow you find out that you are getting paid less than a coworker with the same position and proposed and proposed base salary. You find this out in a break room while you, your boss and your coworker are all talking at the same time. How in that situation do you gain and research your power like to your boss and your coworker? Yeah, I feel like that's difficult because that's what I'm saying. You don't want to, you want to, you know, express that this is unfair, but how do you go about it? You have to go about it in your own way. And at the end of the day, you're fighting for your own rights. So I feel like you have the right to do that. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think ways you can gain and reassert your power to others is honestly like by earning it you know and that's through you know hard work stressing what makes you the best and just standing up and taking initiative and I think being a leader is how you people gain power so just showing and asserting your dominance and showing what makes you the best and um, I think if people see the hard work that you're putting out there I would hope that they would you know give you that power because you've earned it you know and I guess going back to what you were saying Imani in that scenario I guess I would just take that information and then kind of just you know reevaluate and reflect on okay like what makes me different I mean you shouldn't compare yourself to other people but it's like okay well I'm great already but what is the difference between me and this other coworker? Like how long have they been there? Are they tenure? Are they this? Are they that? And then kind of like gauge or even go to your boss and ask like, Hey, how can I get a bonus? How can I get a pay raise? What do I need to do? How can I be better going to your boss and be like, how can I be better? So I can, you know, increase the amount I'm making and see kind of where their response is and if they give you a response that's kind of like shady or something then it's like okay maybe there's there's something like shady going on or you know maybe they'll be honest with you and just you know tell you what you can do in order to get a bonus and get more money but yeah I don't know I've never been put in that position so I think I would probably respond and do it that way but I think that's how you know that's a way you can gain and reassert your power Thanks for sharing, guys, on that bonus question that I kind of just threw out there. (laughs) It was a good scenario. Yeah, it was an interesting question. And I liked, because I mean, who knows? We might actually encounter something like that, you know? Yeah. So prepare ourselves. Yeah. And I liked hearing your responses to the original question as well. It was nice to see the different perspectives of how you guys interpreted Next, I wanted to talk about what is Black empowerment? Black empowerment is overwhelming love and support for and to the Black community. Being proud to be Black, owning your Blackness. And I stole this from someone great as we were talking about it recently, but being inclusive of all Blackness, such as those in underrepresented roles in society. So not just empowering celebrities and entertainers, but also those that are scarce in positions like coders, doctors, lawyers, 
epidemiologist. So Black empowerment is also about uplifting all of our community and also giving back power to the Black community as it has been lost. I like that response, Imani. And I really like this question, Angel. I would say Black empowerment is the assertion of Black power through positive, motivating, inspiring, uplifting, influential words, actions that would lead to the economic advancement of Black people in general. I like what Imani said too. So, you know, just supporting and promoting and showing love and embracing your Blackness all around. I think that's what Black empowerment is. You think that Black empowerment is very much about uplifting and appreciating and just showing love to the culture, really. Also, I do think Black empowerment can be seen as an investment in the Black culture and community and just as a means to further the advancement of Black people as a whole. But I really did like hearing you guys' way of wording it. Definitely investment. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. I liked hearing both of you guys' perspectives on that. What are three of your favorite Black-owned businesses? I'm curious. Also a great question. So we can, you know, invest into these Black-owned businesses Mm. and show Black empowerment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say my three favorite are, well, number one, Slim and Huskies, if you haven't heard of it. It's a there. (laughs) delicious very good Mm -hmm. it's a pizza spot co-founded by nashville natives and their pizza is absolutely amazing i first obviously i first found it in nashville when i was living there before but i also just realized there's one located in sacramento so i will be going there very soon and feeling that vibe because it's always a great vibe going in there um knowing where your money's going and what you're investing it in. And also it gives you a hip hop feel. Um, At least that's what it was in Nashville. So I'm really excited to see what it's like in Sacramento and the pizza. They have a lot of different varieties. You can make your own. Um, And then I have a menu as well that you can choose from. So that's my number one. My number two would be God is Dope brand. It's a great black owned business that sells clothing, promoting you know, loving God and how it's dope to love God. Um, I've bought a couple of shirts from them and they're actually decently priced. You know, sometimes clothing can be pretty expensive if it's like, you know, uh, even if it's a black owned business or just like a self-made business, but yeah, they're pretty decently priced. Like I think I got my shirt for like 10 bucks, honestly. So definitely check out that store online store. And my last favorite Black-owned business is Crazy Ron's (laughs) in Stone Mountain, Georgia. I was passing through and I went there and I was just like, oh, let's just check it out. I'm hungry. And it was delicious. Great barbecue. Know where your money's being invested and worth the price as well. So definitely check that out too. Okay. Yeah. Isn't Slim and Huskies? There's also one in Atlanta or no? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been to that one. I'm, I'm about to go to all the locations. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. 
Same. But for my three favorite Black-owned businesses, uh, Juvia's Place is one of my favorite makeup brands. The CEO and founder, she's Nigerian, shout out. And if you're into like matte look for your foundation, I love their I Am Magic Velvety Matte Foundation. It's really good. Also, Leovard is a company that I have worked with and I love their Lip Luster Serum. It's actually like a game changer. I've, I don't really wear like lipstick or anything. I just use chapsticks and lip gloss, but this has like replaced chapstick and lip gloss for me because it's honestly that good. And then of course, Fenty Beauty, Savage Fenty from my girl, Riri. And if you didn't know, she is also now the richest female music artist in the world. So go out and support, but also like support to the smaller Black businesses as well. (laughs) So just to add on to Black-owned businesses, um, also our family member, our cousin, um, she has her own business with beautiful, authentic jewelry and you know, it's worth buying, very nice, very sophisticated. And it's called Nashira Collections. You can follow her page on Instagram as well. And yeah, definitely got to support Black-owned businesses, especially in the family. Of course. Most definitely. Yes, definitely. Check out our cousin. I ordered some waist beads from her, which I love. She has some really nice stuff, so definitely check her out. But my top three favorite Black-owned businesses would have to be, for the record, because, of course, we are a Black-owned business, which reminds me, please note (laughs) that we are not only in the podcast industry, but also we have a clothing company or brand also under the name, for the record, We plan to launch some great stuff soon, so please stay connected with us on our social media to see what we have in store, because we will be exploring that some more in coming months. Yes. Mm -hmm. Then it would have to be Fenty Beauty and Savage for sure. Rihanna recently reached billionaire status. Great music. She was in a movie with one of my favorite artists, Guava Island. And Childish Gambino, which I now feel like rewatching, but yeah, I have plenty of Fenty Navy. and Savage stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and it's legit amazing. So yes, I actually did more than three, but another favorite is Asia or Asa Candle. They are based in Nashville and have some great candles and other goodies. I got some stuff from them for myself, Sheree, and Angel last Christmas but I really like them. And my last one is another Nashville spot that I'm embarrassed to say I didn't try until like four years later, Prince's Hot Chicken. If you're in Nashville, I highly recommend. I used to go to Hattie B's, but that's actually the gentrified version, I guess, of Prince's. So again, I'm ashamed it took me that long to try it. It was phenomenal though, and worth the wait because there was definitely a wait with the line that they had. Yeah, it's really good. I've been there. I need to go. You had me at the other place. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, Nashville has some good spots. Yeah, it's true. But next question, what are some ways to empower the Black community? I would say 
you can empower the Black community by supporting initiatives or programming that help the Black community and youth gain affordable access to education, housing, healthcare, and other resources to help them access professional opportunities. Also, just uplifting and listening to the stories of Black people and making sure they feel heard and not ignored and celebrating the achievements of Black people and making room for the success of even more Black people to succeed. Very well put. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Thank you. Excellent points, Angel. Um, I would say buy from Black-owned businesses and help Black youth. Starting from a young age does a great deal. So go into communities and help Black youth navigate this world while also educating them on how they can be great and how they already are great, despite what society says. I honestly think that could also extend to all in the Black community, too, as I feel like oftentimes we all feel like we are not as empowered as we should be, but definitely educating the Black community and providing ample resources to the Black community. Yes, I agree. Also very well put. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, in my opinion, some ways to empower the Black community would include actively promoting, supporting, and investing in Black-owned businesses, whether that means buying products, working, or starting your own Black-owned business. So just in any way, shape, or form, contributing to the upliftment and the economic success of Black people. Yes, 100% agree with both of you guys on that one. And How do you guys think we can increase the circulation of the Black dollar? I would say create multiple avenues for income, real estate, a business or corporation, and then build it up. Once it's built up, meaning like more and more consumers have bought into whatever it is for the long term, for the most part, or it's gained enough popularity, then the Black dollar technically is circulating at that point. But I would also say giving back to the community also circulates the black dollar. You see celebrities give back to communities like Drake, for instance, and I'm definitely missing many others, no doubt, but pretty much going into the black community, providing money and resources to those there, in particular, black owned businesses. And as those businesses grow, continue to spread the black dollar that way. That's really good. I really like what you said, Imani. How can we increase the circulation of the black dollar? This really does tie into the last question very well, but I would just say, you know, like I said, actively promoting, supporting, and investing in black owned businesses. I would say just really finding the best way to keep your money between either, you know, yourself or other black owned businesses. So just strictly supporting the black community and putting money into the black community, um, whether it's what Angel had said before, like education, jobs, housing, anything like that. So we can just circulate it only between ourselves. So we know the money is being invested within the community. Yeah, you guys are spot on with those responses. I definitely agree. I think that by supporting and buying from Black-owned businesses, as we were saying, investing in those businesses or even starting your own businesses, I think it's important to circulate money within the Black community to help build and generate wealth within the Black economy. Also, August is Black Business Month, so it's a perfect time to 
support all big and small Black-owned businesses. So you can go to any of the ones we've mentioned in this episode, but there's a plethora of ones out there that we haven't mentioned and those that we have yet to even discover. So just support your Black businesses. Please support. Um, to kind of transition a little bit here, how did Malcolm X, the Black Panthers, and MLK empower Black people? And if you were living during the time they were around, who would you support in the movement for equality, equal rights? So I'll start. Um, I did a little bit more research. You know, I mean, I know the gist of each one of these individuals and groups, but I wanted to just, you know, do a little bit more research and see. And these civil rights groups and leaders impacted and empowered the Black community in ways that have gradually changed the world on a personal, interpersonal institutional and even structural level over time. Malcolm X, who uses the X in his name to symbolize the original African surname once lost, influenced and empowered Muslims and Black Americans throughout his teachings and practices, learned from Elijah Muhammad after joining the Nation of Islam. And then after realizing the immoral acts of Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X went on to renouncing from the Nation of Islam and focusing his teachings on the civil rights of Blacks and Afro-Americans. And he used his platform to publicly promote autonomy and independence among African-Americans until his assassination. Um, As for the Black Panther Party, it was created by college students actually in Oakland, California, um, to monitor and challenge behavior of the police and police brutality. And the Black Panther Party carried weapons for protection and and consisted of politically conscious working class um, individuals in order to achieve racial justice within law enforcement. And it wasn't until the carrying of weapons was repealed and the government officials decimated them due to their practices intimidating and threatening the injustice of the government. And lastly, you know, Martin Luther King, he was a Baptist minister, leader, and spokesperson in the civil rights movement, used nonviolence tactics to make a statement about civil rights and justices. Yeah, he organized um, several protests throughout the South and advocated for rights to vote, desegregation, labor rights, and poverty. He also even won a Nobel Peace Prize and was commemorated a holiday years after he was assassinated. But if I was living um, during that time, I would say I would support all of them, you know, because they were all very influential. But I guess I would honestly support Malcolm X and the Black Panthers just because their tactics did kind of involve using reciprocation towards, well, quote unquote violence, you know. I mean, I don't want to say the word violence, but more so, you know, they just reciprocated what was being given to them. Pretty much violence. Yeah, you know, they, well, okay, fine. Violence was being given to them, so violence yeah. was given back at that point. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I feel like I would be a part of um, their team just because I wouldn't want to die and <laughs> I would want to reciprocate back. <laughs> and I feel that. it just, yeah, and it just shows them that, you know, oh, you can do that. We can do the same thing. Like, we're on your level. So level up. <laughs> Pretty much. Level up. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I honestly think that I would support them all to an extent because I do appeal to at least some ideas from each of the civil rights icons. So as you were saying, Malcolm X believed nonviolence would not lead to any type of equality. And he believed that Black people should protect themselves by any means, as since he felt like nonviolence just meant defenseless. And so I feel like Malcolm X empowered Black people by advocating for Black economic power and self-defense and racial pride. He also believed Black people shouldn't integrate with white and that, that we should just have our own separate nation, which to an extent <laughs> I kind of disagree with, but also like, who knows? Maybe that's just, maybe that he was on to something. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know, (laughs) but I don't agree. Like, you know, I do disagree with that, but I do agree with the ideal that self-defense is necessary. And as far as the Black Panthers, they started out as a means to monitor police brutality, as you were saying, and they carried guns to intimidate. They empower Black people by also offering programs like free breakfast for children, food banks, health clinics, and education outreach, as well as instilling the ideal that Black people have power to fight back against racism and police brutality. MLK, as we know, he is known for his peaceful and nonviolent demonstrations, but he honestly did start to understand uh, near the end of his life that why the violent demonstrations were happening and why people supported them so much because they were effective. Um, All the efforts from these groups and individuals were needed to evoke the change that took place following the civil rights movement and fight for equality for Black Americans. And as I said, I do think I would support all of them to an extent. I don't know, like maybe I'd go with Malcolm X. (laughs) I'm not sure, but I do agree with all of them to an extent. Yeah, I feel the same way as you guys. I would have to support each and every one to an extent. I feel like they gave Black people a voice in a way, almost like one cohesive voice. And that voice vouched for the racial issues and concerns in the U.S. at the time. Each had their own style and how they voiced the struggles that were at hand. Um, But you guys really did a great job with an overview of each one of those figures. But for me, I'd probably be with the Black Panthers. That's who I'd probably side with if I was living back then, mainly because I know that tensions were at an all-time high during that time. And again, like what Cherie said, I would want to protect myself and make sure because it's like life or death at this that point. I mean, it even still is like that today, but Again, I want to think that things have gotten better to an extent. So, yeah, but my current self here today would be with MLK. He was articulate and meaningful in his words, and I think was one of the most impactful figures throughout the civil rights era or time period. So maybe siding with him, but there's really no way to tell. Yeah. But they're all great. (laughs) And thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I agree. I mean, I understand. Well, I was trying to understand, like, you know, why MLK kind of used the non-violence tactic. And I guess maybe, you know, everyone was making that assumption that, you know, African-Americans were violent. So they used the non-violent tactic. And maybe it really showed, you know, um, that police brutality really is a real thing. Because if they're not 
reciprocating in any way and they're killing these African-Americans is just like, wow, like you're just like cruel, you know? So maybe that's the statement he was trying to go for. I don't know though, you know? Yeah. But yeah, they all played a really big part. Definitely would not be here today if it wasn't for every single one of them. Mm -hmm. But as for the next question, how can you use your career calling role in the community to influence Black empowerment? So as far as career-wise, I guess I plan to basically represent as many Black individuals as I can as an attorney within the entertainment industry and just help to ensure that rights aren't being violated, there's fair agreements and dealings. And I also would provide pro bono or free work for those in need of legal representation when I'm able to provide that assistance. I'd also like to do, I guess, mentor and provide educational and career advice for other Black individuals and Black youth. I guess just as someone in the community, I would keep an eye on the news and stay civically active and vote and keep an eye on policy and laws and see how I can make an impact on whatever capacity I can. Yeah, that's nice, Angel. I feel like I use my career to influence Black empowerment by advocating for the Black community and helping address deeply rooted public health issues amongst African-Americans, presenting on racial and health disparities to educate others on issues and getting stakeholders to assist in the work I do is also how I strive to influence Black empowerment. And I am multifaceted, so I not only use my career to empower my community, but also through the podcast. We have spoken on a great deal of racial issues, shared how we can uplift ourselves, and now how we can empower the Black community. So increasing awareness and providing information that supports us is another great way of how to influence Black empowerment. Lastly, I also influence Black empowerment in my day-to-day conversations with all the queens and kings that I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uplifting my Black counterparts on an individual level is also how I influence Black empowerment. Yes, we must. You must always and always. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As for me, I want to be able to use my position in the community to motivate, inspire, and of course, influence the Black community that you not only can achieve these competitive career goals, but also you can find Black medical professionals to take care of your medical needs and further understand and cater to your cultural needs. Within the Black community, it is difficult to trust the healthcare system. I understand that due to the historical trauma. So I believe the Black community will feel more willing and comfortable going to an individual who actually looks like them. So I feel like within my dental profession, I can, you know, serve that type of role to empower Black people to achieve their goals if they do want to become a dentist. And if, you know, they need a healthcare provider, I can be that to them and I can help them become aware of dental needs and taking care of their oral hygiene and, you know, also looking at their cultural needs in order to pursue what is best for them. Um, As for, you know, music, 
there's already a lot of black artists and music and obviously music was created by black people, honestly. So just kind of just being an influence in music and being an upliftment in the music industry is kind of what I am trying to actively promote and support in my music is to just uplift um, black people and focus on, you know, being great and you are great. So let's talk about it or sing about it. (laughs) Yeah. I really liked what you guys had to say on that one. Now I would like to know why are you proud to be black? Because we know we're proud. (laughs) (laughs) I am proud to be black because my blackness is a part of me and I'm proud to be me. So it's practically inescapable. I am proud (laughs) of who I am and being black is a part of that. Mm -hmm. I'm also proud to be black because of the rich, diverse culture of African-Americans from the versatility and creativeness of our hair and hairstyles to the delicious food that has everybody's mouths watering. Mm -hmm. I'd also say I'm proud because of the multitude of continuous strength and perseverance that I have seen in my community as a whole. And I'm proud of these strides that we have made as a people, as that is also a part of me. You can say that again. Mm Y'all didn't get that the first time, okay? Just... Just go back again. (laughs) (laughs) Rewind. Yeah, rewind that back. (laughs) Um, But why am I proud to be Black? Um, Like Imani was saying, generally, you know, I'm proud to be me and who I am in general. And who I am and a part of me is being Black. So just automatically, I'm proud to be Black in that aspect. But um, I'm proud to be Black because despite the obstacles and trauma that has impacted myself, the Black community, and this country on a physical, mental, and generational level, I still continue to fight for my beliefs and for respect that I have worked hard to earn, even if my journey is different than others. Um, I also believe your situation doesn't determine where you can go or who you can be, and I can always become better than who I am today. If anything, if it wasn't for my mother's ambitious nature to reach milestones way beyond what she was prepared for, who really knows if I would have been able to envision myself reaching the heights I have today. In addition um, to my dad being a Black male and growing up in America during a very traumatic time in history, I really have to thank, you know, them for everything because they really set the bar. (laughs) They really set the bar because, you know, I'm looking at them for guidance. I'm looking at them to see what the world is, you know? And so from what they have shown me, they made it possible for me. So I really have to thank them for everything. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And I am proud to be Black because Black is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And as you were saying, Black people as a whole are very resilient and strong. And yeah, perseverance is a very good word to describe it all, really. And honestly, Black people are the blueprint. As we stated in our previous episodes, Black influence is so heavy in society. And I just love being a part of that. And as an African-American, I am proud to have such a beautiful culture to share and pass on. And on a physical level, I really just love the way my skin looks in almost every color and the way that I shine in the sun, you know, not to brag, but there's a reason why there's hype about melanin popping. 
Oh my goodness, guys, we are at our very last question for the episode. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I want to end by asking Do you think we will reach a time where equity and equality are the norm? And what do you think the future holds in regards to both and racial minorities? So, yeah, this is a very great question. Um, So I'm going to start off by saying this. If people begin to become more selfless and focus on other people outside of themselves, I believe that's when the world will change. In order to build something bigger than yourself, you have to do things that go beyond yourself. And that's how friendships form, marriages form, families form from absolutely nothing. So real compassion and love is when you help others without knowing if you will get something back in return. And if people learn to ask for help or just ask if they need help and they actually give them help willingly, I believe everyone will actually succeed. We need more givers than receivers in order for this to work. And if this happens, then I can perceive the future reaching a place of equality and equity. I believe equality is important, but equity is even more important when it comes to building a successful future for the Black community. In some cases, it can be beneficial to treat everyone the same, but if others are lacking or at a disadvantage, some will need altered treatment to get the same result. And I actually apply this principle when I actually treat my real patients. Whether it's age, race, and or disability, these aspects should be considered when it comes to equality and equity. Uh, Yeah, honestly, you made some really great points, Shuri. I think in a perfect world, yes, but I want to be realistic. And I honestly think that there's too much greed and resistance to change. So those will be the barriers and as well as the barriers of the multi-level racism that we spoke about in last episode. And hierarchical systems seem to be the way societies function, which means inequality is what basically makes the society function the way that it does. I think many people are just so used to this being the norm that equality is going to be harder for them to make that shift to. And it's definitely not anything that can be done overnight, but I don't think that it's impossible. (laughs) It's just, as I was saying in the last episode, it's going to be a lot of work and it needs to be a collective thing. Like Sheree said, there needs to be more givers and there's not a lot of those. As you can see, the givers who need to be given are going to space. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But that's another story. Right. Um, Yes. But yeah, I do feel they would fear like something would be getting taken from them with this whole equality thing because they're just so used to having, you know, the bigger cut of the pie, if you will. I don't know. Yeah. The people who benefit from it wouldn't want it. And that's why I don't know if it's realistic. But in a perfect world. Yes. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you guys. But I just want to take some time out and just say equity and equality are actually two different things. Equity is when each individual or group has a different means for allocating various resources and opportunities to come to a place of equality. 
Whereas equality is when individuals or groups have the same resources and opportunities as one another. So equal. I do not think it could ever 100% be the norm, like what you guys are saying. We do have the capability to greatly enhance equality at the very least. Equity is something that basically already is the norm as plenty of people can do different things and come to be at the same place. As far as racial minorities go, health equity and equality are two very important concepts. I do believe the future is promising, but we obviously don't know until we get there. Definitely agree with both of you guys. And that concludes the last episode of season one. Episode Bye. nine. <laughs> <laughs> Bye now. All right. <laughs> the yep. End. <laughs> yes, you know, we had to end it with a bang on Black and Paramount. <laughs> oh. I mean, let me say that with some power, okay? Black More empowerment. Power. <laughs> More power. <laughs> <laughs> Black empowerment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Equality and rising majority. And we hope you found these episodes enlightening, uplifting, helpful, and of course, more. We truly, from the bottom of our hearts, want to thank everyone for the support. We truly appreciate it. And season two will be coming as well, along with more opportunities to get FTR wear. So make sure to keep up with us on IG at For The Record Brand and on Twitter at FTR Brand to stay updated on the new season. So thank you for listening in and see you guys next time. Au revoir for now. See you in season two. I hear you.